You are listening to From Sobriety to Recovery with Jesse Mogul. Let's get to the show. Welcome back to From Sobriety to Recovery. I am your host, Jesse Mogul. I am in addiction recovery. Merry Christmas. If you are listening to these things as they come out, then today is Christmas Day, and I honor you for the privilege of being in your ears on this wonderful holiday. It is the celebration of the end of our year. For those of you who follow Christianity, Catholicism of that nature, then this is a very, very important day for you. This is the birthday of your Lord Jesus Christ. And so I commend you all for following the faith, enjoying the aspects of Christmas that can shower upon the abundance of light. And for those of you who are uh, Judaism, Islamic, um, all the other religions out there that I don't know of, then I hope that you are having just a day. (laughs) You're enjoying this. If uh, you celebrate Festivus, then that is for the rest of us. (laughs) And I just want to be able to real, you know, just as I stumble across my words here, knowing I'm not going to edit any of this stuff out, I am very excited just for the fact that I have created a universe here at the From Sobriety to Recovery world that is open to all forms of belief systems, all kinds of backgrounds and histories and morals and ethics and values and opinions and beliefs and standards of habits and principles and all of it. It's everybody's welcome here because we are all equalized by addiction. There is no reason to try to step above anyone, pedestal myself for you to pedestal yourselves. Addiction is the most humbling thing next to, well, I guess any disease is humbling. So certainly this one is equally as humbling as the rest. And it's just an honor to have been guiding you all for 260 some episodes over the course of the last five. I think we're coming up on year six now. It's just fantastic. Um, Maybe it's the end of year five. Not sure. Doesn't, it's not important. What's important is that you're here and that you are choosing life and that you're choosing sobriety. And so I thought about what would be a really awesome gift to give you all today. And I thought it would just be the gift of positive energy and a positive message. And I'm going to do it through the lens of the seven powerful principles that I wrote in my book, The Seven Powerful Principles of Success, um, How to Excel in College and How to Excel in College and Beyond. And I think I may have just butchered my own book title. <laughs> the Seven Powerful Principles, How to Excel in College and Beyond. There we go, Jesse. Way to go. <laughs> It's available on all major retailers, including Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and Walmart. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm a little slap happy today. So let's get into it. I, I'm really just wanting to pump you up. Let's make this one lighthearted. Let's make this enjoyable. Let's just be jovial and jubilant and full of elation. And even if you're listening to this on a different day, then you know, harken back to one of your more wondrous. Uh, Christmases where you also could have used an inspirational message to help motivate you to your best life ever and allow this episode to be that voice that you would have liked then, but it is here now. And is it now all that matters? Because now is the now when now can be the now. And when you step into the now, that's when magical things happen. (laughs) 
I feel like I should just sit here and just say really quantum linguistic confusing statements in order to just pump everybody up. And when I think about what it was like for me to write my first book, and I've since been in a co-authored book, and I'm currently in the process of writing my next book. It's about sobriety and recovery. Uh, let's see if we can get this thing published in 2024. I remember how excited I was when I first wrote this, and just I mean, in general, how excited I how excited I am when I get to talk about it. And I know that you are wondering, and it's a good thing to wonder because that means you are learning many things. And all of the things, yes, all of the things that you can learn, they will provide you with new insights, new understandings. And you can, yes, you can, can you not? Because one can, you know, because it's easier to learn. It's easier to learn when you step into a space where learning is all that there is. And you give yourself no opportunity to say no, because yes is the way to the best. And like my dad once told my grandpa, there is no shortcut to success. It's a long and windy road. And while we might think that our shoes have feelings, it's really the feet inside of them that give them purpose. And I hear, oh, I hear that you are here. And you're putting it all together right now. When we think about the joyous nature of life, of what it is to be able to experience this world, it can be both majestic and oftentimes the touch of despair. Like... Chidi told Eleanor in The Good Place, or maybe it was Eleanor telling it to Michael, that humans are always a little bit sad because we know that we're, at some point we're going to die. One of the worst things that came from my addiction was praying for death. And when I chose life... I didn't just choose to keep breathing on January 12th of 2017. That's that was easy. What I chose to do was figure out a way to live differently. It's not enough to just keep living, punching in, punching out, coming home, sitting on the couch, eating some donuts in my underwear, watching The Simpsons. No, 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 no. See, I thought I wanted to die for years. I did. I thought I wanted to die for years. And it turns out all I really wanted to do was live differently. And I just didn't know how. When I stepped into sobriety and recovery, I was scared to freaking death. I had no idea what was ahead. My bank account was relatively zapped. I had just come back from a four months of laying in bed with a blown up left knee that ended up blowing out my right knee from skydiving and playing flag football with some friends. Hospital care wasn't good. Didn't get the brace I needed in time. By the time I got it, the leg was mostly healed incorrectly. And then I was going back to work and I couldn't stop the drinking. So I was just drinking till two, three, four in the morning and then dragging my ass into work at 6 a.m. 6 freaking a.m. 
snorting Adderall before I left my apartment, hiding a bottle of vodka poured into an empty water bottle underneath my car seat, and just walking circles around that restaurant in pain, in pain, until I finally decided to stop. Went to Kaiser, and that's where the journey started. When I was tasked to write a book about addiction recovery, when I was coming up on my year two, going into my year three, I just didn't think I was wise enough to pull it off. Let let me rewind on that. It's not that I didn't think I could pull off writing the book. I didn't think that what I had experienced up to that point in two years had quite, quite yet earned the privilege of being put into print. I still thought there was more. There was more that I needed to learn. There was more that I needed to experience. There was more I needed to share. There were more clients to help guide. There was more Jesse to help heal. I just believed that there was a lot left inside of me that needed to be experienced before I wrote that book. So I chose to write the book I would have written for sobriety and recovery instead to the college Success Habits listeners to the people in college, hoping that maybe they would hear something, they would read something, they would experience something that would have them choose differently than I did. Yes, my parents got divorced in the summer of 1994, right before I went to Ball State. Yes, I chose Ball State because my mom wanted me to stay close to home so she could come visit frequently and I could come home and visit her and have warm cooked meals and all the deliciousness that comes from being so close to mommy whenever you just want to escape the chaos that is the university life. Yes, mom got Crohn's when I was eight years old in 1984. We moved to Indianapolis, leaving behind our, you know, home that we had built strategically for us, right? You ever, ever wanted a house to be built specifically for you? Well, my mom had that literally met with the planners. I remember going over there and the little guy with the hard hat and the blueprints and it was a brand new neighborhood. And you got to, to like, it was like, there was like a bunch of houses that all looked the same, but you were able to create inside what you wanted. And she did that. And we barely got a year in that house before dad moved us back up to Indianapolis, not back to Indianapolis, although he did once move us back to Indiana from Daytona. Um, and that's another story for another day. So we moved to Indianapolis, and shortly thereafter, mom starts having stomach aches, and she ends up in the hospital. And I know I said I was going to make this pump, pumped up and delicious, but it's going down a different path, so follow me here. So all these things happen. The parents get divorced, and somebody introduces me to marijuana. I have a great time with that. Introduced to cocaine, introduced to LSD. And as I began to look back upon all of these years and experiences I had in my 20s in university life, and now here I am at 42, uh, and mind you, this is, again, I wrote the book like five years ago. It came out during COVID. I remember that. Ruined the whole book launch. It wasn't lost on me that my addictions really started whenever I was like four, six, and eight. I can remember very strategic, traumatic events that I turned into trauma. And so whenever I was tasked to write a book on addiction and didn't feel that I had experienced enough, I instead I chose to write it for the college people, hoping that they would choose differently. And I wrote it 
based on these seven powerful principles that when Matt and I, and he was the mentor who taught me NLP, he's the one who taught me how to speak on stage. He's the one who taught me so much of what I know. He was the one who introduced it to me. And then I turned it into my own little Jesse world. And so when we sat down and he's like, well, why don't we write it on principles? Because that makes it a really fun book to read. It's a quick read, 30,000 words. It's not a big deal. 130 pages. You can knock this out in a month. I was like, sweet, let's do it. And we sat down and we just started writing out a list of principles a mile long. And as we started scratching off principle after principle after principle, because they would tie into another or it didn't really resonate with me, there was seven that stood out. And that's how it became the seven powerful principles to help you excel in college and beyond. And again, not lost on me that we got to the number seven. Uh, whether that was a pre-plant into the brain or whether that's just the beauty of the universe for me, the seven powerful principles became, cultiv- uh, let's see, develop a growth mindset, cultivate courage, be decisive, take action, embrace discipline, exercise flexibility, embody Tenacity. Tenaciousness is really what I wrote in the book. But now that I, I, I almost regretted that the moment it went into publication, I was like, ah, I should have been tenacity. But I did like tenaciousness for a little while there. Developing a growth mindset. I chose the word develop. Each one of the words in front of the actual principle was chosen very strategically because you're developing a growth mindset. It's never actually fully developed. Just like a photo in one of those light rooms back in the day. You know, you leave it in the chemicals, uh, not enough time, and then it's very faded. You can barely see it. You leave it in too long, and it becomes very dark. And you leave it in way too long, and the whole thing just blackens up. The idea is that we're developing our growth mindset, that it never becomes fully developed, that we're growing it our entire lives. A growth mindset says that I am not who I have been. I am who I choose to be today, and tomorrow is created in the today. That's the goal here. That's what we're seeking. If I hear the word, I can't, I won't, I don't know how, that's fixed mindset stuff. I can still choose not to do something, but it's never going to be like, oh, I can't figure that out. I can choose not to want to figure it out, but I could figure it out if I put enough time to it. We bought a house. I never in a million years thought I would own a home, let alone one as awesome as this one. And because it cost us a little bit more than we had budgeted for, anything that we wanted to fix inside of it, we pretty much have had to do on our own. So I have learned how to put up light fixtures and ceiling fans and barn doors and put up brackets on a wall that needed a whole 600 pounds and know how to put them all in the studs and all that jazz. And for any of you out there who are super handy, you're probably like, dude, putting up a light fixture is literally a black and white wire and a screw. I know. I know. But when you've never done it before, it can seem very daunting. It can, it can be a little much. But you know what? You take it down, you look at it, you figure it out, and now YouTube exists. So I don't know what DIYers were doing back in any time before, let's say 2006 or whenever YouTube exploded. But developing a growth mindset means that I can figure anything out if I want to. 
we go into cultivating courage because I want you to cultivate it. I want you to cultivate it like you would a field of luscious flowers and amazing fruits and vegetables. You cultivate the land. You tend to the garden. Each and every day, you are working toward cultivating this amazing world that you live in so that you can reap the benefits of the harvest. A farmer who just plants the seeds and walks away, he's still going to get a yield from the land. It's not like nothing is going to grow. But would it be as bountiful if he cultivated it every single day? If he spent time and energy nurturing it? That's what courage is. It's something that can be nurtured. Having courage isn't the absence of fear. It's responding regardless of the fear. It's saying, not today, drugs, not today, not today, booze, not today. It's Jesse looking in the mirror on January 12th as the sun's going down in the darkness of his bathroom, thinking he's having a heart attack while, co- while being covered in his own filth, dragging himself out, looking at himself in the mirror, seeing a monstrous stranger looking back. And much like Arya's uh, dance instructor said to her in Game of Thrones, not today, death. Not today. And I chose differently. I was absolutely afraid of my future. I did not want to live, not because I necessarily hated life. I didn't want to have to put up with all the fucking journeying and adventuring after it. Seriously. Seriously. I remember being like, man, why couldn't I have just died in that bathtub? Because there's a whole lot of stuff I have to do now. And it sucks that I thought that back then because, man... All this stuff that I was afraid of or fearful of, and it was just unknown. I didn't know any, I didn't know nothing about nothing. So I didn't even know what was coming up, and it has been wondrous. And not every day is peaches and ice cream. It's not puppy dogs cuddled on your lap while you know unicorns are shooting rainbows out of their asses with pot of golds everywhere. No, man, there is some 50-50, good and bad, all up in this world. But I cultivate the courage. And then I'm decisive. Be decisive, be. Just be it. Be, do, have. Be decisive. One of the worst things we can do to ourselves is sit here and waffle on a decision back and forth, back and forth. Like we're playing a game of pickleball. You know, there's the ball, there's the ball. Here's the ball, there's the ball. It's like you know, if people are watching you trying to deliberate upon something. It's like there's the ball, 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 there's the ball. It's Chidi Adeglane from good place. He was so indecisive. He was so indecisive. Not only did he make his own life a living hell, he made everybody else's life around him hell because they couldn't do anything until he made a decision. Sure, there's a whole lot of things that we could cover within that. But the point being is that you want to be decisive. Just make a decision. Just make it. What do you want for dinner tonight? Let's, Let's not sit here and go through 30 menus. Do you want American? You want Mexican? You want Italian? Cool. American, sweet. Here's three places that we've talked about going to. You want burgers, you want chicken, you want steak. Great. Burgers, cool. Here's two places we've talked about. Which one is it? No, I don't want to open up Yelp again. I just want to pick one of these things and go. I'm not going to remember what I ate in four days anyways. (laughs) Just eat something. So remember, decisiveness can show up in little things like figuring out what you're going to have for dinner. But it can also show up in huge decisions. Should I ask for the raise? Should I ask that person out? Should I go across the room and just introduce myself to that person? Should I go to the networking event and talk about my business? 
Should I go next door and and see if they're also hiring? Should I do whatever you want to do? But just make a choice. Because the absence of a choice is in itself a choice. Choosing to do nothing is a choice. It may not feel like it's a choice because nothing's really changing. But it's like one of those choose-your-own-adventure books from back in the day. If you remember those where it's like, do you want to go in the cave or do you want to stand still? If you go into the cave, turn to page 54. If you want to stand still, turn to page 112. So you stand still, you turn to page 112, and it just says, the bear eats you, the end. <laughs> so you go back to the other page, you're like, okay, I guess that one, I'm, it's pretty, the book just ended on me. Now I'll go and do this, and now I'll go into the cave, and I'll go and turn to page 54. And you know, you walk into the cave, and bats begin to chase you. Do you run away from the bats deeper into the cave, or do you run outside of the cave? Ah, oh, you know what, let's just run outside of the cave. Turn to page 112. Turn to page 112, and the bear eats you. <laughs> All right, let's go back into the cave. Let's run away from the bats. Now we're turning to page 77. Your life is a choose-your-own-adventure novel. And if you just continue to choose the page that has you sitting still, then the view isn't going to change all that much. Any dog behind the lead dog pretty much has the same view of another dog's ass. This isn't saying that you need to shuffle your way up to the front of everything, but you certainly want to begin to maneuver your way to knowing when it's healthy for you to be a leader and when it's healthy for you to be a follower. Because the best leaders know when it's time to follow And the best followers are the ones who've been paying attention. So when it's their time to lead, they can. And when you go to lead in your life, that's you taking action. Taking action is the only way to change anything. There's a saying in Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt on Netflix. And there's this this whole thing, and I won't get into the whole plot of it, but there's this saying that she has, and this is, I may have heard it before, but this is where I specifically remember anchoring in, that you can do anything for 10 seconds. And you can. So whenever something is going on and you think it's going to be tough, and it could be a craving, it could be an urge, it could be whatever it might be, just remember, you can do anything for 10 seconds. You know, when I have to do a chore that I may not necessarily love doing, I can do anything for 10 seconds. And because I've literally chosen to seek 10,000 steps every single day, things that used to be a slight annoyance aren't anymore because they're just opportunities for steps. I'm going to do a whole episode on just how much 10,000 steps a day has changed my life, but I'll touch upon some of the key points now. That going out and raking leaves, taking out the trash, walking the dog, going to the store, These are all things that aren't annoyances anymore because otherwise I'm just going to be walking around the neighborhood in circles for an hour and a half in order to achieve my 10,000 steps. So if it's, hey, let's go to the grocery store. Let's go to Home Depot. Let's go to Sam's. Sweet. That's steps. Hey, can you take out the trash? And while you're out there, can you pick the sticks up off the front lawn? Oh, and hey, while you're out there, maybe you could just weed a little bit. I mean, if you're weeding, you might as well just go ahead and mow. Fuck it. That's steps. I need steps anyways. Now I get to get steps while pushing a lawnmower. Awesome. It's a two for one. That's multitasking. There you go. I've proven myself wrong. Mowing the lawn is also getting steps. Boom. Boom. I told you back then, I never say things concretely because there's always going to be a variable that can disprove something I said. You can multitask. You can get steps at the same time you're lawn mowing, unless you have a riding lawnmower. And then you're just sit mowing. (laughs) 
But I don't have a riding lawnmower. In fact, I have one that doesn't even have the little mechanism that allows you to walk behind it. You have to push mine. Yes, that's the kind of action I like to take. Embracing flexibility means, or I'm sorry, embracing um, discipline means that you just realize that each and every day you have to do these steps over and over and over again. Embrace it. It's wonderful. It's amazing. It can feel monotonous at times. I get it. That's going to happen And when we do the same things day in and day out. And that's where you want to have some variety. Get some steps using the mower and then maybe get some steps the next time raking the leaves. And maybe next time it's going to the store. It's, be whatever it is. If you can find ways to variety up your life, then go for those. Enjoy those. This is whenever it's like we'll work so hard all week to get to go to the game or get to go to the park or get to go to the amusement park or get to go to the mall, whatever it might be. And then when we get there, it's like we're on our phones or people are complaining. Oh, what can I have this? Mommy, he's hitting me. And it's like, oh, my God, we all went to school and work and we just were, you know, slaves to the machine. And now all of a sudden we have a chance to actually go off and do cool things. And all we're going to do is complain the whole time, like embrace embrace that discipline. Yes, working out every single day might feel a bit much sometimes. So figure out ways to shift things around, but just embrace the discipline. There has never been a champion who has not embraced the discipline. There is a discipline that it takes to master one's craft. And in this, in the, this hypothetical here, we're mastering the craft of just living in our own skin, of being ourselves, of not needing something to mute us or uh, blunt our emotions or just make us foggy and hazy for a little while. We never needed the alcohol and drugs. They were just introduced into the system and they were made to be addictive. They are going to mess with our dopamine. They're going to screw everything up. Working out is way more difficult than sitting on the couch drinking Jack Daniels. It's way more difficult to pick up heavy weights over and over and over again than it is to pick up the straw and take a snort. Way more difficult. Embrace embrace the discipline of the good habits in your life will increase. Exercising flexibility, the beautiful thing about that is plans are... Worthless, but planning is priceless. No matter how much forethought we give into something that we want to do, once we get into it, it's not going to play out the way that we had planned, the way we had hoped, and heaven forbid, the way that we expected. So just flow. Flow with it. Realizing that the person with the most flexibility controls the system, and each and every one of us, the system we're seeking to control is us. You can do this. You might go five days without your drug of choice and then lapse and do it again for a day. Then you go seven days and then you do it. And then you go 12 days and then you do it. And then you go 15, then you go 30. And each time you're going back to day one, but you're not. You're like a quarterback throwing passes. And so what? You had an incomplete day. So now you're at 20 out of 21. Sure, you don't get to, you know, no one's handing out chips for, you know, uh, 117 out of 143 days, but you still get to reward yourself for the effort for continuously pushing yourself, for being flexible. And when something doesn't work out for you, you do an after-action report. You figure out where you could do it a little bit better the next time, a little bit more desirably, and you push, push, push yourself. No one will ever care as much about you as you will. And if you don't care much about yourself today, it's coming. Find somebody to support you in the beginning stages and allow yourself to take root, 
get those roots deeper and deeper, your branches will begin to grow higher and higher. And before you know it, you'll realize that the sky was never the limit. It's just the view. And lastly, embodying tenacity. That goes back to what I just said. The sky is not the limit. It's just the view. Every single day, step into it being the best version of yourself. I got this one, really the whole essence of it, from Don Miguel Ruiz's The Four Agreements. And I believe number four is just be your best self every day, something to that extent. And so from there, I did whole episodes on it back, I think in the 20s or 30s. That's where I got tenacity each and every day. Step into the best version of yourself. If you react where you would have preferred to have responded, figure out what happened and work on creating that space between. If you snap, if you get angry, if you show up late, if you go back to your drug of choice, your booze of choice, whatever it may be, just realize that, okay, it's the 50-50 of days. Tomorrow, tomorrow's another day, another opportunity for you to plant your seed, to stand tall on the top of your mountain, to wave your flag and say, all right, I'm ready to do this again today. Showing up as the best version of yourself, it's almost like an idealized goal. Like, am I ever really going to reach a day where I'm like, that was the perfect day? I don't think so. And I don't want to, I don't even want to think that way. I don't want to think that was the perfect day because I don't believe in perfection. I believe in progression. Showing up every single day as the best version of who I am today, realizing, yeah, I'm sure in a year I'll look back and be like, dude, what the hell, bro? Like if I could go back to being locked down from COVID for another year, like I was in LA when that happened, the things I would have created, I'd have started my master's. I'd have created three, four different uh, sobriety and recovery uh, meetings a week. I'd have, I would have created so much out of that. But at the time, a, a lot of that I wasn't even thinking of or didn't even realize was possible. And now I'm trying to use 47-year-old Jesse to decide what 43 to 44-year-old Jesse would have done. Well, of course, this version of me is going to choose differently because I was doing the best I could with the resources I had then. And now I've got so many more resources. And the best resource is just realizing that there is no unresourceful people. There's only unresourceful emotional states. When you're in an unresourceful emotional state, you will not be tenacious. You will not be able to show up as the best version of yourself because emotions, almost like by their very nature, are meant to shift us out of our cognitive reality and into this amazingness that is the emotional realm. And it can be awesome when you're first falling in love and all of the serotonin and dopamine and everything's firing off in the brain and you're literally being chemically rewired by this person's existence in your life. Oh, but it can be pretty shitty when that person goes sideways or the person I was referencing is actually alcohol or drugs. Right, And then all of a sudden, that love affair we thought we were creating turns out to be the relationship from hell. Emotions are wicked. Life is wicked. And when we show up every single day tenacious and ready to go for it, we realize that next one, best one. And then tomorrow, do it again and do it again and do it again. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. I want you to develop your growth mindset, cultivate your courage, be decisive, take action, embrace discipline, exercise flexibility, embody tenacity. I want you to feel all of those coursing through your veins. We are stardust. We are the cosmos. To be here on this planet, taking a breath and thinking and feeling and loving and hating and all of those things, it's amazing. 
It's amazing that not only do we experience all these things, but that we have developed speech and cognition and the ability to share these things with one another. I mean, dolphins and elephants and lions and all the other animals also share information. We just don't speak their language, but we speak our language. And no matter how off-putting people in your life might be sometimes, just realize that they're doing the best they can with the resources they have, just like you are doing the best you can with the resources you have. And if there is any more perfect day to give the gift of love and acceptance and forgiveness, it's on Christmas Day. Merry Christmas, my friends, and Happy New Year. See you tomorrow. Inclusivity over exclusivity, the power of positive energy, release, and flow. Every day is the best day of our lives when we wake up sober. Shout out to Sunshine and Robert. Before we go, you know what I'm going to say. If you'd like to know more about the From Sobriety to Recovery universe, go to jessemogel.com slash askme. Fill out one of those Google forms under coaching or NLP, and I will get back with you. We will discuss your participation in the tribe, in one of my workshops, in one of my seminars, in one of my classes. Oh, we can even talk about one-on-one coaching. I am here for you. If you desire that, jessemogel.com slash askme. Read up on my website. I spent a lot of effort on that. I built that whole thing by hand. All right, my friends, glow on. Bye-bye.